Ray has started the recording. All right. All right. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another CineQuest video, Valley Strange crossover. Today, we're going to be talking about the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, um, which is a Steven Spielberg movie. It came out in 1977. There you go. Um, he did it. We all know that Steven Spielberg is no uh, stranger to alien type of films. I mean, he did E.T. as well. He also likes Paranormal. He did Poltergeist. Excuse me. He collabed with director Toby Hooper to create Poltergeist. So... Um, is there any other like type of UFO or uh, uh he's there done? was uh Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? <laughs> Wasn't that was that Spielberg? That's Spielberg and George Lucas, all right. Uh, I think so. Or that was a little pairing between them, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's I guess that that is has a paranormal aspect to it, holy and alien. Oh, shit. holy parrot. Yes, it's got a lot of whamming. <laughs> it's got a lot of whammy, yeah. Um, we are continuing our discussion on movies that have, or at least UFO-related type of films that have some basis in reality. Um, two mm -hmm. ones, the two uh, episodes prior uh, covered the Mothman prophecies, which uh, covered an event in Point Pleasant. I remember the state it was in West Virginia. Um, and we also covered the Travis Walton incident uh, with Fire in the Sky. And we talked a little bit on how much and how little there's a bit of reality in these films. And we're going to do the same with this one. This one isn't necessarily making the claim that it's based on any sort of true events, but it does take some liberties with uh, reality. Uh, things uh so like we'll get into it in just a moment uh but first uh roland just introduce yourself in to talk about close encounters not not a big fan of spielberg right no not at all in fact you might say i am not a fan not a fan of spielberg um despises et oh yeah um so it's, it's boring crapola he looks like I don't uh understand what's fresh a duty. No. Well, I won't I won't say that he doesn't look like a walking turd, but he does. I was about to say the lovable walking turd. The lovable shit demon from Dogma. <laughs> yeah, he does become a lovable shit demon, right? Mm. Uh mm. but we're gonna get into the synopsis of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Back from the synopsis. Uh, Roland, what are your initial thoughts on Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Um, I mean, I uh, have never sat through the whole movie in its entirety. I would always just caught clips, you know, the, the, the famous, whatever, most uh, memorable uh, part being the end, of course. Uh, yeah, that's like 30 minutes of like spaceship alien stuff, which is personally, I, I loved it because, yeah, they, for a while there, you think like those kinds of payoffs only last like maybe five, 10 minutes, mm. but he kept that shit on for a, a long time, like a damn concert, pretty much. Just which actually would have been pretty cool too, you know, if they just cracked out the popcorn and stuff and just chilling, yeah, woo. Play well, the algorithm. Um, yeah, speaking of that uh, little melody there, um, <laughs> I was kind of wondering what notes they were. And mm -hmm. of course, yeah, they, they're kind of like in the, the Do Re Mi major scale. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, they were using real words, right? Now they they were using the sign language, which was the, the little thing that. that, that yeah. That 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 thing, um, I did not hit those notes properly, but uh, it's a nice little interesting effect. I read that those were very arbitrary notes that took a long time 
to kind of get to because I mean those really don't mean anything. But right. yeah, that they tried numerous time, numerous uh, sequential notes to kind of just sure. figure out what to do with that. And I don't know if you caught that or maybe it was just me that there was a point whenever like they are communicating with the the spaceship, the the spaceship started playing like the Jaws theme. I don't know if you mm-hmm. like it started uh, going. I think I heard this where it just goes dun, dun, and then it stopped and it went. Dun, dun. It's like towards the end after like they they're like dueling notes at each other, you know. To the yeah. almost to the point where it kind of like changes the mood of everyone, where it sounds a little ominous, because uh, everyone seems like kind of like. Well, I mean, when it first started, you heard all those like the that heavy uh, brass notes or whatever. Bah, bah, yeah. bah, 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 bah. Like I was like, awesome, get to murdering. Of course, nope. Yeah, it's funny because I, I've seen this movie in the past, but it's rare that I've sat through the whole thing, at least the unedited version, because I know they would show it like on those Sunday matinee kind of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty much when I always always caught it too. Yeah, and you get a very shortened version of this movie, which is probably um, also for the best. I don't think so. I actually enjoyed all of it. Um. Again, there's some parts I don't remember because I don't, I didn't really sat through it entire in its entirety. But I thought at some point, like in the middle, it was going to drag kind of heavy, but it wasn't, it didn't take that long, the middle section. Um, but I mean, like I said, I enjoyed the movie in its entirety. Mm-hmm. It's a two hours, some damn two hours, two hours, almost like a two hour, 20 minute movie. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, 135 minutes. 135 minutes. Yeah. Hour 15. Two hours 15. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. I know. I know stuff. Which uh, seems somewhat rare for, uh, at least I don't, I don't think so. Maybe. For a movie from a, of a film that's like, has to deal with like aliens and stuff. I mean, I don't, unless it's like, Independence Day was a movie I had seen, but like movie back in the seventies, taking this long, yeah, no, uh, <clears throat> to draw it. And they, like I said, they spent a lot of time on the actual spaceship and the aliens and the people returning. Um, there were like little le- levels that the aliens were kind of like revealing to the people. You know, at first it was just uh, they sent like the f- first fleet to make contact, right. And then finally, like through all that, like everything is like flying around, and then they're kind of like doing the light show and shit. And then like the big mothership shows up, and that takes another few minutes. And then they're doing the whole light thing again with the music. And then they finally open the hatch, release the kids, release the peoples, and then they release the is it the big long alien, right? Yeah, no. Uh, so what happens uh, is I think he's first, and then it's the people, and then it's the okay, little... right? Yeah, they let the people out, and they let but the little reason, out. like he he like disappears or something when the people come out or something. Yeah, because at some point he's just gone. Yeah, it seems like just like a, a hard cut on that one. Yeah, uh, because he he looks like he can't move very quickly. So yeah. whenever he's like kind of raising like his a, hands and like, like a really shitty balloon, oh, like everyone's just kind of like. Like in shock, you know? <laughs> I was trying to say, right? Has lost a lot of weight. He's so looking good. He's looking slim. That's what you're trying to say. That's what I'm hearing. From what I could tell, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. There were like three types of aliens in this film. So that was the long, the one with the long arms and the long legs. Mm-hmm. And there was the little tiny grays. Uh-huh. And then there was the other one. That's the kind of long. normal, medium sized one. Well, not. So oh. short, nor like somewhat normal-ish looking alien type. Not too short, not too tall, kind of just right in the middle with he's, normal uh, nor, normal length appendages. <laughs> he's, person, the one that, he's the one that does that. Um, he does that last smile to the, the scientist and he does a little... Thing. Yeah, 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 that's right. Okay. He just looked like an old man, a bald old man with no teeth. <laughs> um, uh, 
which uh, which of course is the most terrifying one of them all. Right, of course, and he's he's the most evil one. Um, so as so far well, as um, I'm sorry, we'll continue with your thoughts of the film, Roland. Yeah, yeah. So um, I uh, I mean I don't hate this film, but it is general. It is uh, definitely a lot longer. It could probably stand to be cut quite a bit you know uh, particularly when it's talking about family time and stuff uh you know like with what's his face's family um what's the guy's name uh, uh roy neary yeah roy roy uh we spent a lot i just feel like we spent a lot of time on his personal life which is just kind of like bleh, just drags I would say, yes, they do spend quite a bit of time, but I mean, it's kind of a, it seems like he's kind of descending into madness kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, like Which, his his wife doesn't understand what's happening. Because I mean, obviously she wasn't there when he saw the thing. Right. And, and they, I imagine half his face, uh, skin cancer or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't remember it being that uh, intense, <clears throat> like the half. Like it just pretty much burnt all red. I'm surprised he wasn't in pain or anything. Yeah, um, exactly. That shit must have hurt. What, no what I didn't understand about that whole dynamic with the wife was that she saw his face and he's uh, mentioning that he saw something in the sky or he saw something. Uh, uh, not uh, knowing what it is, but I mean, like, she kind of just wanted him to forget all of it because of course it yeah, well she didn't want to have to know about it. Stuff, no. it's just bullshit or whatever to her that's like complicated and they don't need it i guess mm -hmm. it sounds like they had problems before the aliens ever showed up well you like, would think so right because i mean she kind of just she splits like after what it seems like a few yeah. days and yeah yeah she up and just fucks off but i mean really i'm surprised she didn't do it sooner i guess because like he's kind of an idiot uh he he seems very prone to stupid shit um and is also kind of like a big wuss uh and she's apparently like seems to be the exact opposite so i mean yeah i i read somewhere where um there are some other kind of men that they wanted like so, so i'm sorry spielberg wanted some other actors that were more manly-ish Really? Uh, for the part. Well, they look more manly compared to Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus is like a short oh, dude. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but I forgot the name of the person who initially wanted Steve McQueen. Was it Steve McQueen? Yeah, he didn't want to do it because he had to cry. And he said he couldn't cry on film. Yeah. Yep, like yep. He just wasn't able to do it. And but Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, Gene Hackett yeah. turned on the role. Are you for real? Jeez. Jack Nicholson turned it down because of scheduling conflicts. But I mean, uh, you you have to, I, I feel like the, the character of Richard Dreyfuss, uh, Roy Neary, uh, he is a bit of a kid. He's a little bit immature. Yeah, he's he very immature. He's like, he's, he's like, I mean, it's not like it's immature or a childish to like do miniatures like, and stuff like that. But no, I mean, no, it's just like the, his whole approach to everything. You've when he's at the table with his kids and his wife, and he's like, uh, I, I know, uh, I know it's what's he telling him? Like, I know it seems strange. I'm still, I'm still dad, kids, or I'm still me, or something like that. Mm -hmm. just, even that, it just sounds so it's like stupid. Do you think stupid. that's why like they chose him because he had so too much of a like a I want to say like a mental innocence about him, somewhat of a childlike nature. Uh, why the aliens chose him at the end? Oh, I couldn't say. I, I honestly didn't understand what his appeal was, I guess, to the aliens. Well, that that's kind of like what I gathered because he, you know, like he had, he had more of the, it seemed like he had more bystander invested, no. uh, into this whole scenario because i mean he got on the goddamn spaceship and left his kids behind well, yeah <laughs> and his family um and like i said he seemed more i guess receptive to like the whole alien yeah he uh he their images and uh, in, uh information he got from them was a bit more 
intense i guess he mm-hmm. uh makes that damn like really pretty pretty damn goddamn good sculpture in his uh front uh living room well, which it kind, of, uh, it kind of progresses for, into like uh mash from mash from shaving cream to mashed potatoes to him just yeah. throwing dirt yeah. in his house that i i would say that is a last straw for someone if yeah. they're just breaking right. shit through the window yeah uh throwing just Random. dirt in the house and living room and and mud and shit oh yeah that's right there was the mud the mud poo pile or whatever uh model yeah. two in the uh the model room yeah which um, was uh devil's i forgot the name of the devil's place or something like that it's... i don't remember the name of it uh do 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 it is a real place. Mm-hmm. Devil's Tower. Devil's Tower. Wyoming. Yeah. It is a real place. Is there any significance to that particular tower that's a reason why they chose that? Is it just because it looks kind of daunting from afar? Um... Surprised they didn't like go with some. Uh, he had to travel all the way to like Peru or something to go to the Nazca lines or something like that. <laughs> that would have been cool too. Close Encounters Part Two. The the Anunnaki Return or some shit. Anunnaki Rise. <laughs> um, I don't see anything though. At least not off of. Uh, the Wikipedia's right. about uh, Devil's Tower. Aside from that, you know that's what they picked. But I mean, the um, the place itself has always sort of had like a, a supernatural or a edge to it. Right. Um, so, so, well, that's what I'm saying. Is that like, was there a, a reason why they would have picked that? Like, especially Spielberg. Again, it does look daunting. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so like I don't know why Spielberg would would uh, have picked it, but it was uh, uh, significant to the natives. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's that in that particular tower is where they contacted the gods or something like that uh-huh. to get up high up on the peak. Because I mean, that seems high enough to like quote unquote uh, communicate with the gods, you know? Uh, yes. That's just my initial thought here. I mean, I really don't know for sure. I forgot pretty much everything. Well, that that that's considered uh, one uh, basis in reality as to why they uh, that place is real, and you can actually go check it out. I assume it's still standing. I mean, it's kind of fucking huge. Um, yeah. yes, it is. So I'll give my initial thoughts on the film. I think I've said that I did like this movie a lot. Um, I'm pretty partial to any kind of alien type of movie. Well, we- first see this movie um probably on a sunday matinee where they're selling sighting you know like um channel four channel five channel uh, four for me probably it's probably channel four um they were always like again it was always the matinee it was like either like commando or predator or close encounters of the third kind um i don't recall too many other movies that come to mind it could have been oh, Indiana Jones. <clears throat> Maybe they did Indiana Jones. I'm not too sure. They usually have um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um. So, I didn't really see this movie in in its entirety, like till later, later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's a movie I do like a lot. It's probably one of my top alien type of films, and more so because they kind of focus a lot of time on um, the whole alien aspect, you know, like they don't just kind of brush over quickly. Uh, We do have those last like 30 minutes or so that's dedicated to literally them trying to communicate with aliens. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the reason it fascinates me more is because of the implications of how they kind of came to do that because in my mind, I've always thought that it was based in some sort of reality because, you know, you've read about certain things where presidents have, uh, I think I think it was Truman or someone, I, I, I always forget, 
uh, which president met with the Greys and they made that whole treaty where they could abduct people and they had to return them, you know. So that's okay. kind of like where that whole aspect comes to mind whenever I see that part because not only am I just seeing them return these people, but I'm also thinking in the back of my head that they knew that they were taking people, you know. Uh, yeah. They didn't know who necessarily because they had a whole line of people ready to go for the ride, you know, but then they just pick Richard Dreyfuss's character. <laughs> Cause I mean, they were giving them all the little prayers beforehand. Um, they were on those weird ass red jumpsuits. Uh, yep. They look like a cult. <laughs> Could have been like a heaven's gate cult going up into the alien, which is probably something, you know, I wonder if like uh, these types of films were like influential to those particular cults, the UFO cults. Um, they think that the, like did they ever see these and think like that's the really that's probably it's gonna be you know like they're gonna come down with a light show and they're gonna pick us all up and then we're gonna go into some. I mean, it's thing. not what everybody everybody thinks. You would hope it's gonna yeah. happen, but it's really gonna be like Independence Day. They're just gonna come plant yeah, their plant themselves around the world and then just blows the fuck up. That's exactly what I was waiting for the whole time in this movie. It's like, <laughs> all right, and it ends with them dying, right? Right? Yeah. Nope. Oh, it's a good one. And then, uh, yeah, exactly. I know Spielberg seems to have a perspective on like extraterrestrials as being peaceful and friendly. Um, cool. That may be the case for some, but of course... We've read up on like different uh, types of uh, races that have. You and I, Ray, live in the real world. So <laughs> yeah, the real, the world, alien world. Where they're gonna kill us all. Knowledgeable, yes, on such things. We're definitely gonna get murdered. Um, but yeah, so just back. I did like the movie. I still like it a lot. I yeah watched it twice, and I didn't get tired of it at all. So that's also a good sign that I can. Wow. That I enjoy. Yeah, saw it twice. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. To me, it's kind of like watching a space odyssey. It's just there. That's it never ends. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, do I do I detect a twinge of outrage in your your tone? Just well, I mean, they're two like, different types of films by two extremely different types of directors. It's uh, not fucking Kubrick, man. This is Spielberg. He made a fun <laughs> show. Spielberg. Oh, I don't know. Spielberg is a spectacle kind of guy, you know. It's just like let's just watch it. We're gonna have a good time. Uh -huh. uh, we might leave like joyous, happy, you know. Except of course for the Crystal Skull. Um, every most Spielberg, unless it's oh, so, excuse me, in Schindler's List too. <laughs> I don't know who left uh, joyous <laughs> and happy after that fucking movie. Uh, assholes, um, red uh, flag. But uh, for anybody, he did Saving Private Ryan, right? He did that one as well. Uh, I think so. I think so. Uh, but anyways, when it comes to aliens, Spielberg has like a very, hmm. like it seems like uh, an explorative type of who did uh, Abyss way of. Oh, I don't know who did Abyss. Uh, I think it's James Cameron. Ah, uh, yes, you're there right. There you go. There and as we can see, James Cameron also has. Well, that movie ended on a hopeful note as well. I mean. That's also one of my top five like alien type of films. Of course, they're not UFOs. Oh, yeah. They're, I guess, underwater unidentified objects or something. That fly through the air into space? Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, they live like deep under like the ocean, like near like, I guess, yeah, the Mariana right. Trench and shit like that. Right. But like they're not, they're underwater spaceships, no? Right. I mean, they can come out of the water, but I don't know. We, there's never, never like told from any of these films where any of these things are coming from, you know? Because I mean, there was a moment in this film when, like, it's at the, at the end when they're at the, the Devil's Tower and when the ships are coming out. Maybe it was just me, the way I saw it and the way it kind of like, it seems like they're almost like interdimensional because there was one that comes out like from the black of night and then it kind of just emerges. <laughs> Maybe was that just like just, shitty uh, special effects, yeah. or was it intentional? <laughs> I think that's shitty special effects, dude. <laughs> shitty special uh, effects. Yeah, I know what you're about they too, were intentionally that's... trying to like uh, imply that they're interdimensional beings. Oh right, that Spielberg is trying to show uh, a physical object folding through time and space. 
Well, I mean, because technically, wouldn't that be the case? Because those Air Force guys came back and they didn't age a bit. They're kind of just those could have been minutes for them from the time that they disappeared. They folded from in from another dimension where time moves differently. Yes, absolutely. Place of sight and sound. Um. Yeah. Of course. Uh, let's talk about the beginnings. There, there's some background things going on with this movie. It initially opens up with uh, these scientists finding uh, these, I guess, Air Force fighter pilot fighter jets. Yeah. Planes uh, from like uh, 1940s, just after World War One or World mm-hmm. War Two. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there is an account of when uh, those particular planes. Not like I don't know if there were that many, but there was uh they went missing. Went missing. Right. Uh, I think it was over the Bermuda Triangle and stuff like that. So right. that's kind of like a bit of basis in reality where those were never recovered. Mm-hmm. So the movie used that as a way to kind of introduce this phenomenon that's happening because of course the, the pilots do get returned at the end. <gasps> in reality, they did not. So. Yep. Which would have sucked, right? You get back and they're just old as balls and shit. Well, if they're still young, technically, like how would they adapt? Well, they're not. They're they're only. I mean, how would they adapt? I don't know. Uh, maybe f- food stamps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they would technically still have the skills of pay the bill. Well, they yeah, they have the skills to pay the bills. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, they're still part of the military, wouldn't they? Wouldn't the like you think the military would not just embrace them again, and they could kind of use them you, as like you consultants? You're you're so uh, you're so you you have such a positive outlook, Ray. That's what this movie does for me. It gives me a positive outlook on the whole alien. You're like they'll be fine. Um, Their families will remember them. They'll take them right back in. It's not you know, like the, the families would be dead. Yeah, whole families would be dead. Have you seen the movie Forever Young with Mel Gibson? No. When he gets like frozen, fuck. And then like um, he's he's reawakened by a a child, Elijah Wood, and um, basically he starts aging pretty quickly. Uh huh. Yeah. Huh? Sounds like a great movie. And then it ends with him just. Well, it's like it's like a PG movie, just like this one, you know. Um. I guess. I mean, I saw a, mo- a version of that like uh, with Jack and Robin Williams, right? Well, that is like a natural occurrence where he ages rapidly. Back- uh, yeah, rapidly. Oh, you're thinking of? Uh, I'm thinking of uh, a Benjamin uh, Abutton. Benjamin Abutton. Yeah, the reversal thing. You, a uh, huh? You sissy! Oh, please, man! You're the one invoking Benjamin Button. I know it's how bad it is. I have to correct you. Yeah. This is this is humiliating, Ray. You should feel embarrassed for yourself. I do. Uh, what was that other uh incident in the film? There's a boat that uh they also find in the desert. What was the name of the boat? It was the SS Cotopaxi. Oh. I think that's what it's called. Or that's how it's pronounced. Uh, uh but um, that one was also let me see. That one also went missing as well, but was recovered later on. It says there was a final voyage on the 29th November 1925. The Cotopaxi departed Charleston for Havana under Captain W. J. Meyer with a cargo of coal and a crew of 32. And on December, uh, Cotopaxi radioed a distress call reporting that the ship was li- listing and taking on water. During a tropical storm, the ship was officially listed as overdue on 31st of December. Right. And then kaploof, Gobi Desert. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, it ends up there. Um, it's very odd. I, I wonder if like he just like picked some random like missing uh, things that went on that were never recovered. So you can kind of use that in the film as like some oh, kind maybe of... Maybe he just made it up. Yeah, maybe. Well, that yeah, was... it is made up. <laughs> they were never oh, found well. in the desert. <sighs> No, pilots never returned. Um, they the, uh, the the airplanes were never just randomly. They didn't just show up randomly in some place, like uh, fully gassed up and still in working order. Like, <laughs> no, that's fake as shit. 
Um, what else? Oh, there is a cameo by Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who was one of the scientists who oversaw those uh, government. I never say he oversaw, but he was like a consultant, I think. Um, uh huh. In Project Grudge, Project Sign, Project Blue Book. Um, he was the scientific advisor to the UFO studies undertaken by the U.S. Air Force during the three separate projects. And I know in the movie, they, whenever Richard Dreyfus and like all those other people go towards Devil's Tower, they try to tell them that there's like nerve gas around. Mm-hmm. So they get up on the masks and shit like that. And it's dangerous for them to be there. It turns out it was false, very right. government like to lie about what's going on. No. <laughs> um, but they had they had a whole setup there waiting for the aliens. So like I just kind of curious, like how long they knew that? Was it in that particular universe is Project Blue Book and all them, Dr. J. Allen Hynek still the scientific advisor is why he shows up or he's there whenever they make contact. Um, Because it is Dr. J. Allen Hynek who uh, classified these uh, encounters. There's, of course, the first kind, which is, I think you see lights in the sky. The second, um, I don't remember. Let me see here. Close encounter. Let me just, I want to, quote unquote, come correct. (laughs) Damn it, Ray. I, I don't want like someone to tell me like, you know, I, I mean, I don't know shit. I that's that's a given, but I don't, I don't, I, I can't, I can't not know shit about some of these like basic UFO. I, mean, uh, I, mean, I just would have preferred that to you saying come correct. I'm, I'm pulling a Daniel, you know, that's what he says. And I, yeah, he sort of says that. Well, I mean, it's a simpler way of saying, well, like, I really need to like make sure I've researched my, uh, my passion, the only thing in my life that I care about. <laughs> <laughs> well, already. Hold on, I'm trying to find the classic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. So, a close encounter of the first kind is visual sightings of an unidentified flying object seemingly less than 500 or 150 meters away that show an appreciable angular extension and considerable detail. So, I mean, you can kind of tell what it is, but not really. Like an outline. Yeah. Maybe of sorts. And then close encounters of the second kind. Well, it says it's a UFO event in which a physical effect is alleged this is can, this can be interference in the functioning of a vehicle, electronic device, animals reacting, physiological effects such as paralysis or heat and discomfort in the witness or some physical traits like impressions in the ground, scorched or otherwise affected vegetation or a chemical trace. Um, and I kind of I, I, they they kind of explore those first two in the very beginning of the movie. Um, those sure. three, and then of course we go into the third kind. Um, do you have that information? No, I don't. Okay, well, close encounters of the third kind are UFO encounters in which an animated entity is present. And these include humanoids, robots, and humans who seem to be occupants or pilots of a UFO. Uh-huh. So you come into contact with a, an alien entity, which they do. And then we have close encounters of the fourth kind. Um, in which a human is abducted, and in this case, Roy does scoop him up. Experience the, the fourth kind, uh, because he is abducted by the aliens in a very peaceful, loving way. They lovingly burned his face. <laughs> uh, it says that this type was not included in Heineck's original Close Encounter scale. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um. Uh, we have the fifth kind, uh, which is a UFO event claiming direct communication between aliens and humans. I think it means the human race, not necessarily individuals, because I mean, right. if we're going back, um, 
back between uh, the other ones, other films that we talked about. Uh, the Mothman technically has aliens in it, uh, and there is loss of time, so that's technically fourth kind, an encounter. And then we have it's a lot of technicals. Travis, the Travis Walton, which is technically another fourth kind encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Wheatley Strieber. Uh, who did also experience a fourth kind encounter. I guess you can kind of say, I mean, I, to what a f- extent that he's experiencing the fifth kind, because I know he, like he's still kind of in contact with or communicating or did at some point. Because I know he has books on that stuff. So, I mean, I don't know for sure because I haven't read those in particular. Um, Damn, Ray. Deep cuts. Deep cuts, my man. Um, well, again, this is a this is a Cinequest Valley Strange crossover. So we try to give we talk about the movie a little bit. The movie there's not much depth to the movie as to exactly what it is. No, we have the scientists who are it's all very superficial uh, finding these objects or vehicles that have been that have disappeared and have returned after many years, and there's no ex explanation for it unless they go to like India and that other gentleman who's sitting in front of the store mentions that they got all this they heard noises and uh, songs they were sung to and they all came from the sky Um, I was wondering how long those scientists knew all this was like there was actually aliens yeah because I mean they don't seem to they don't seem to uh, concerned or worried or yeah. I mean, like they were all very relaxed, like, or rather, uh, I should say, like they were at, just at work. Unless, say. like the events, the 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 constant events that are going on, are a way that the extraterrestrials are letting them know that they're going to make actual contact with them. You know what I mean, like certain events start happening and then like there might be some kind of level of communication. Are you speaking of the prophecies, Ray? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I have no fucking idea. Um, oh, and again, with the Roy is just, he has this experience. He's inundated right. with these visions of the his tower and he has to find it. And then they make their way to the tower they make contact with aliens. He gets abducted. That's literally what the movie is in a nutshell. Like that could be like a. And then his life goes to shit, and then he meets them I again. See what happened to Roy? No, it's over. Yeah, exactly. Does Roy stay young? He gets like the same fucked. age when he gets returned. Does he get Maybe. returned? Maybe. Maybe. What do you think would happen to Roy if he gets returned? Like, let's just say. Now he's still the same age. His kids are obviously older. His wife's probably dead because she like, where did Roy go? Oh my god! And then probably me remarried immediately. (laughs) Well, I mean, he was kind of going with that girl who lost her son or got her. Yeah, that was another thing too. That was really just all of a sudden and then kind of forgotten. I guess I I don't know. I was really well. I I think they like. This is how I'm rationalizing. He, they experienced a major event in their lives, and they they're the only ones who kind of understand. Owners. They're the only ones that kind of understand what uh, happened Other or what they saw. Yeah. I mean, he almost killed her kid. <laughs> he almost yeah. ran over the fucker while they were all like just staring into the sky and stuff like that. So, could have happened. Would you have preferred the child die? I mean, it would have been funny. That would have like taken the movie in a different turn entirely. <laughs> yes. See, in this uh, case, no, no glad, Ray. This is that the kid didn't get hurt in this one. See, in Halloween ends, I'm glad the kid deserved it. You know. Yeah, exactly. That kid. Uh, and also like Melvin and Tremors, that kid was a dick. You know. Yeah, but he should have died, but he didn't. Yeah, I know he came back for the sequels. It's the worst. He survived. Um somehow. So um 
So you watch this movie a lot over the years? Not, not, like not often. I mean, I mean, I probably watch it maybe every uh, two years. Not one of your favorites. It's just one of those. It's it is a film that you appreciate. Yeah, kind of. um, any kind of alien type of movie, I I do appreciate. Like, sure, I enjoy most films that have some sort of extraterrestrial angle to them. Mm-hmm. There's John Carpenter's The Thing. Well, that's a very um, sharp angle. And yes. Right. Um, I mean, Aliens. Uh, also, like, a very, the anything that has to do with, like, the unknown that has kind of elements of Lovecraftian. Debbie Does Dallas. Yeah, the Lovecraftian version. Right. Tentacles and stuff like that. Debbie does Rilla. How do you how do you pronounce it? Oh, Rilla. 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 Yeah. Oh, Rilla. Yeah. Who does Dallas? Dallas does Tulu. Yeah, I mean, I feel that like the Travis Walton Mothman. Uh, I'm sorry, like Fire in the Sky and the Mothman prophecies have a bit more angles because there's more people involved. I think, well, yeah, it just uh, and it's kind of confusing as to who. There's more of a backstory to that, I guess. Yeah, and then of course you have the Travis Walton uh, incident where it's not just Travis Walton experiencing this abduction, but also the people on Earth who don't know what happened to him. So there's that angle between uh, the town's folk and like his friends, uh, mm-hmm. where they think he they killed him, you know. And then, of course, we explore the abduction later on in the film. Um, this is primarily a person or a few people who've experienced uh, some kind of extraterrestrial contact or close encounter. And they are compelled to find out what really is going on. And then they do. And that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much like... I don't know. I didn't. I didn't care for for that ending, but it was amusing to see. Just okay. Yep, that's a wrap. Aliens. There uh, is apparently another um, different ending. A, an ending where they actually explore the inside of the ship. Oh, yeah. Was it part of the budget? Um, I don't know. I just know that there is a. There's another. There's three versions out there. Apparently, there's. The original uh, version, uh, that the, oh, the, the actual version, eighty special edition, yeah, yeah, and then I think there's a director's cut, and then yeah, the director's cut or collector's edition mm-hmm. omits that that interior scene. Yeah, so that'd be kind of cool to check out. See, I would want a copy of that. They actually made a laser disc. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, as far as special effects rolling, like, what do you think about this movie? Like, so that was what always got me I, I, that I enjoyed about this movie. I loved, I loved the uh, look of the uh, the aliens, the lights, the ship. Um, it because it it just seems so. Uh, I guess th- well, like the whole theme of this movie is just sort of opposite to what I'm used to uh, as far as extraterrestrial movies, where there's always some element of like just terror or despair and this one it was just like pretty much just the exact opposite everything was very uh light and even though it's like you know it's 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 at night when they meet when they interact with this ship um it just seems very you know nice and wholesome i don't know it kind of it kind of annoys me but (laughs) Uh, that is uh it, it it it's 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 cool uh it's actually a cool part of this this whole movie that whole sense of 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 just everything looks cool uh, of wonder that you get from watching the the aliens sort of float around and mm-hmm. all these lights and you're 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 i think i remember seeing it and thinking that um uh, like it reminded me of this little toy called like Simon Says. I think that had just all the blinking lights and stuff, pretty much. Yeah. Like, cool, you know, how to play. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I did appreciate the fact that there were like different types of shapes of ships. Yeah, 
Um, they didn't always have like the same basic uh, cylindrical uh, disc type of look to them. You know, they all had like one of them looked like a cone. Mm-hmm. One of them was shaped. One was just like a ball of light. Uh, the other one was like they all had their own like various. One of the designers on the bottom of the mothership, they put a little like uh, the the body of our on R two D two. Yeah, I saw. I read about that. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I know this movie came. Didn't uh, Star Wars come out seventy seven as well? Yeah. Uh, apparently, from again what I've read, I don't know how truthful it is. That mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg bet against his own movie, saying like Star Wars was going to be the bigger movie, which it was, very much so. Yeah. Um, but at least he knows. I mean, I think they were like trying to get this movie off the ground for a long time. And Perfect. because he made Jaws first, and that was such a huge hit, that kind of gave him, him um, some breathing license space. to kind of uh, just do whatever he wanted, and then that's what came up from this movie. Even though this this movie apparently was a success, right? I mean, they made it a, is, yeah, yeah. A money, but it wasn't as big as fucking Star Wars that came out the same year. So. Um. So yeah, there's again, there's not much to this film. Um, it's very simplistic, but that kind of is what's going on with. Uh, well, that kind of like is the way Spielberg kind of uh, approaches his films. It seems, at least, unless you're like Schindler's List or some shit like that. Um, they're pretty straightforward. Man, I keep going back to that for some reason. <laughs> Which one? One Can exception. Schindler's List is. Well, because I mean, it's, it's very like. Yeah. At that point, when they, he came out with that film, I mean, you're used to the type of Spiel, Spielberg type of movie, you know? It's very just blockbustery. Yeah, exactly. There's not, you have to have special effects, you have to have like action, all that kind of stuff. Well, there are effects in this movie. Yes, but I mean, what, what, what effects you get in Schindler's List? Like, <laughs> well, it's black and white. There's a girl in a red jacket somewhere and it's floating around. Practical effects. <laughs> um, but anyways, I enjoy this movie a lot. Yeah. And again, we did touch on some of the realistic aspects of this movie. Again, Dr. J. Allen Hynek was a advisor for the movie. So I'm kind of yeah, curious as to what... How much knowledge did that fucker know? Because I know at some point, whenever he's was uh contributing to those particular projects project blue book grudge sign um they kind of i i believe they the government just told him to kind of say something certain certain things regarding what the right in the sky were Mm -hmm. um and then he kind of retracted a lot of that so i don't know how much information he knows and how much information is truthful that he advised well, this particular movie is why I'm always kind of I was curious about this film and wanted to talk about it a little so, bit because what aspects are actually true? Like, yeah, was there an actual meeting between these aliens and actual government officials, scientists? Um, they say I, there I, is, but who knows? You probably read this, but it does it did mention uh, in uh, some of the some of the records. Uh, <laughs> That uh, the Air Force and NASA refused to cooperate with Spielberg for making this movie. In yeah. fact, they told him that he probably shouldn't. It's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And so that was when apparently he was like, and that's how I knew I needed to do this. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're telling you not to, uh, you know, what, you know, I kind of wish that I don't know at what level of celebrity or how much pull Dan Aykroyd had at the time, because I feel like they should have collaborated something like this you know sure that would have been fucking awesome i mean it still could be still could be maybe i don't know what dan Aykroyd's doing in his retirement but yeah because i mean it's always that last bit of the film that i'm always curious as to how truthful this really is because yeah it's nice for a film to like uh the humans to uh, come into contact with the aliens but yeah that really happen right there actual government records in the past that are Overtly, like top secret, that are never gonna gonna get uh, exposed to the public. Bigfoot, yeah. <laughs> well, fuck Bigfoot at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, he How dare made... you, Ray? <laughs> I can't believe what I'm hearing. 
I mean, it would be badass if Bigfoot was an interdimensional being or even a shape-shifting alien himself. Mm-hmm. That would be fucking cool. You know, but Otherwise, I mean... Fuck him. Yeah. Huh? Otherwise, fuck him. Yeah, man. Come on. It's just a big old thing out in the woods. Harry, Harry Booch gets beat up by a fucking... by a brush or a comb. That's, that's I will tell you this. It's, it's the amount of times that I feel I've been burned... when it comes to people talking about bigfoot or um claiming something about the bigfoot at some point or another i'm completely skeptical when it comes to bigfoot i don't believe it at all 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 six of our favorite uh animal planet bigfoot shows to watch bigfoot hunters big sasquatch hunters every time they're like we're gonna we're hunting Bigfoot, and it just—it's just an empty ass show that you I would keep thirty minutes on. Subscribing, subscribing. Fuck that. Yes. I'd rather enjoy the movie The Sasquatch Gang, wherever they go and fake a Bigfoot, just so like they can get some like fool to come down <laughs> to to make a show about it. You know, that's I don't know, man. Or Harry and the Hendersons. Ooh, that—that's a good one to me. All right. Cuts. Uh, Harry and the Hendersons still gives me the emotional. Heebie-jeebies whenever they have to let him go into the woods. And um, what's the guy's name? Uh, oh, the main, the, you're talking about... Um, John Lithgow. Yeah. When he like, I think he like punches him because he wants him to go back into the woods so he could save his life. And then like Bigfoot gives him that sad-ass look. He's like, don't you say we don't watch you anymore. And he's like starting to cry and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, I'm gonna fucking start crying. Um <laughs> all right. So what's your rating for this heap of of time and and um, culture and wonderment? I give close encounters of the third kind uh an eight out of ten. God damn it. And the two points is merely for like the length. It's a little bit too long. I imagine it should get cut up a little bit, but I still enjoy it. But never hear I like Richard Dreyfus as his character. Yeah. Um, I like Richard Dreyfus in general. Oh. Okay. Um, I like him as an actor. Uh, even though I don't really see him in too many movies. I mean, he's in Jaws. He is in this film. He was in another Spielberg movie, uh, American Graffiti. It has nothing to do with like aliens or anything, anything like that. That's where I saw like Harrison Ford for the first time, and also like Ron Howard comes out. Um, it's like an old like fifties type of teen mm-hmm. movie, which is pretty good. I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, eight out of ten for me. I will continue to watch it, and I wait for my. Is it the collector's edition or the director's cut with the alternate ending? The steel book. The steel book, yeah. Or pounce on that. If I I mean, I probably that that ship has probably sailed already and bypassed already the steel book, but mm-hmm. whatever. What about you, Roland? What's your rating? Well, Ray. Uh to the surprise of no one, I did not quite endear myself to this movie uh like you did quite like you did again uh because you don't like spielberg very much no, and don't. you don't even like his beloved et jess park was cool the book the book <laughs> <laughs> suck it nerds <laughs> did you like jurassic park the movie yeah yeah, oh, it. One like that it was great. Yeah. Um, I'm giving this a four out of ten. I don't know how much I believe you on that <laughs> one. <man. laughs> now you don't don't be stuffy. Don't be stuffy. No, because <laughs> I'm wondering how much you're taking away from the family aspect, the wholesome alien encounter. That has a lot to do with it. I did not like I did not you, you, you just need alien destruction, right? Yes. <laughs> I need I need action at all times. Yeah, fine. All right, Ray. You know what? I'll give it a pity five. How's that? Um, that seems right up your alley, yeah. I would say then. I'll give it a pity five. A pity. It's not it's not a worse movie 
by any means, but it's definitely not one of my not worst movies. Yeah. You know, um, at the end of this, Roland, we should probably do like another list. Uh, our top 10 alien movies. Sure. I'm already going to pick your one of your top fives. Not the one. I, I'm going to say like Independence Day isn't that sure. top five right there. All right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. as it should, it merits that it's a great movie. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Easy. I, Easy. I think uh, a lot of it has to do with like, how do you like your aliens? You like them a peaceful race or you want them to be a violent, destructive race and sexy. Always, always important. You're like, you're like, a, you're like a Mars three titty kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, look, give me a little bit of that species. Oh, uh, Natasha something, right? Where Some she's like that shape-shifting alien creature. Right, that like just has to bang everything in sight. I'm going to guess, if I can, just Murder guess man. another one of your top fives. Men in Black. Yeah. 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 Actually, I I, I like that one a lot. Check that one also in theaters. Not the sequels. Those were no. a druggy do. Um, so I can safely say that you don't just like violent aliens. You need them to be like somewhat funny also. Sure. You got to be styling. Right. Have some <laughs> some zoosh. Um, I guess we'll just bring this episode to a close then. But before we go, Roland, I do want to thank... Hold on, let me uh, find the name here. I... Okay, let me try that again. All right, we're going to be bringing this episode... Ep, mm-hmm. We're going to be bringing this episode to a close... Uh, but before we do, we want to thank our Patreon. Thanks, buddy. Who uh, contributed to our Patreon, which is, uh, I guess, the second person in history to have done it. And we very much appreciate it. Uh, Samia Canis. I don't know if I'm uh, pronouncing <laughs> that properly. But, um, I just want to say thank you for contributing to our Patreon. Yeah. We very much appreciate it. Yep. And that'll help us. With beer money, beer. Any, yeah. other, um, any other sort of uh, expenses in the MoQuest podcast network? Yeah, um, there are many. Thing. There are many expenses. Um, there's there's a gallon of gas for sure in there. So. Oh yeah, at least almost two, maybe almost. almost two, yeah. Come on, Biden. Yeah, oh, Biden and the gas with the gas. Yeah. Stop uh stop playing around and making it go higher, like yeah, like we all know all the gas and stuff. Exactly. You control (laughs) the gas. Everybody knows you control the gas, you control the world. Duh. Just like Biden. God damn. Um, so thank you very much uh for your Patreon contributions. If you wanna contribute, uh you can go to patreon.com slash moquest studios and contribute at any tier level. You will see our full reactions uh, whenever we do reaction videos. And for the tier higher or the tier above that, you can see exclusive videos that we have done specifically for Patreon. And there are quite a few. There's a couple hours in there worth of uh, entertainment. Point, hooray. Yeah. Yep. Um, again, if you don't want to do that, you can also purchase some merch at mochasmerch.com. Or you can just do the simplistic thing, and uh, which helps greatly just as much as any of those other things is to like subscribe and share these episodes with your friends and family, uh, your UFO enthusiasts in your circle there, your friends, your acquaintances. Right. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, speaking of that, we will be doing a reaction to the movie Mac and me at some point. Coming up oh, soon. Yeah, that's right. Um, have you seen Mac and Me Rolling? I have not seen it at all, other than the clip that Paul Rudd keeps taking a Conan O'Brien. Yeah, that's that's, all I was that's the only clip I know from Mac and Me. 
Yep, me too. And it is the best. From my understanding, it is a McDonald's funded movie. Something like that. Something like that. I don't know. I have to look. That's pretty crazy. So, uh, <laughs> so McDonald's reject, that's for sure. For sure. And also stay tuned for our, another the other podcast that's coming up soon. Uh, that'll be The Fourth Kind with Mia Jovovich, in which Roland is not looking forward to at all. Uh, no. But um, we'll see how we can make this happen. Oh, Again, it will. I'm sure it'll Thank work. you for watching. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking this video. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. That was...